This is Sex Ed Debunked, a cross-generational podcast hosted by mother-daughter duo, Christine and Shannon Curley, where we talk about all the things you learned or didn't learn in sex ed and where it all went wrong. From the abstinence curriculum to the monogamy myth and the vast spectrum of rainbow representation, we'll get real about sex positivity and catch you up on everything from proper anatomy to the holistic benefits of a great sex life. Tune in to Sex Ed Debunked wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, and welcome to Sex Ed Debunked, a cross-generational podcast about sex positivity, sexual health, and why age is just a number, even in the bedroom. On today's episode, we're talking about the myth that sex is just for the young, which is even more than a myth. It's a stigma that once you reach a certain age, the idea of being sexual is viewed as somehow icky or something (laughs) or something that simply does not happen Um, to say. I just want to start off by saying this is only part one of a much larger conversation. In future episodes, we will address issues faced and experienced by men and women separately. But today is more about giving ourselves permission to be sexual at any age whatever gender or whatever sexual orientation. Well, and this is a topic of interest for you um, and your research, right? Because this is something that you, I mean, you started doing, looking at sexuality and aging when you were getting your master's at RIC, right? I did. I did. I looked at, at women of various ages to see how sexual satisfaction impacts health and wellness and, and found that age made no difference. If you were sexually satisfied, it helped your psychological well-being and helped your anxiety and depression and just your general overall life satisfaction. And also for me personally, um, I just had a birthday. Yesterday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Let's just say I am cougar age. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, not going to meow. <laughs> and, and if I'm being honest, you know, my sexuality and my sexual experiences have broadened as I've gained more knowledge about my body and my mind, my likes, my dislikes, my wants, needs, desires. Um, but too many people, as they get older feel like they have to be less exuberant, more quote-unquote adult. (laughs) Adulting. Adulting, not a thing at all, but definitely not a thing in bed. Well, and having less fun, having being less playful, and that extends to sexual experiences. Aging isn't a prerequisite for being boring. No, no, not at all. And, And because the research is so clear that sexual satisfaction is related to better psychological and physical health, better life satisfaction, better relationship satisfaction. It's really important to understand that sexuality as we get older is a real thing that we should embrace. And the research is also absolutely clear that older adults, some into their 80s and 90s, (laughs) good for you, continue to engage in sexual activities. That's what Grace and Frankie taught me. (laughs) Very important. (laughs) So your research talks about, um, and I know this is research you're working on right now, um, talks about sexuality and aging as sort of a new sexual revolution. Um, But what are some of the, you know, underlying assumptions um, that such a revolution would be responding to? Well, first. Or or I guess not underlying assumptions, but in fact, myths. Very much myths. Um, (laughs) But myths that come from that social, the social norms Mm -hmm. and the the way we live in society. So the first one is a myth that as folks age, they become 
asexual, meaning they lose Which interest. Which is such a conflation anyway, because losing interest in sex is not the same thing as being asexual, but okay. Well, it's, a, it's believing that once you, once you reach that certain age point, and I'm not going to say what it is, that that whole sexual part of you is cut off, meaning that you lose interest in being a sexual creature. You um, lose interest in even having an erotic energy. And some of that is cultural, right? Some religions, some not to be named, but would say sex was intended for reproduction only. So once you passed that age where you can make babies, you're not, especially as women, supposed to be sexual anymore. Mm-hmm. So... The first myth is in getting older and being sexy are somehow not allowed. So think about the media representation of older adults and sexuality. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Um, have you seen the Downey commercial where the grandson, his, the grandparents are like in a closet or something? Or yes. they're, in, they're in like the laundry room <laughs> yes. and they're trying to fix the laundry machine. So they're making suggestive sounds and the grandson's like, Ugh, oh my God. Well, and right. it's funny, but it's also like the reason we're laughing at it is because the expectation is that like grandparents wouldn't be sexual. Right. That it back to that, that, that icky, that ooh factor. Um, or like Schitt's Creek when, uh, with Johnny. Which we love. Or, which, which we, we love. love. But like Alexis always been like, ew. <laughs> because they were an older couple that showed affection and actually acted like they liked each other and were interested in each other. Which kind of goes back to what we talked about with um, Dorothy a few weeks back when we were talking – that episode was specifically about her raising her four boys with sex ed. But we were also talking about differentiating between your parents as parents and then your parents as people. As people, they can still be sexual beings even if you don't want to think of them as sexual right. beings as your parents. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So society will tell us, as reflected in the media – that we should shut off that sexy, erotic part of ourselves shut once it down. we reach a certain age. <laughs> Terrible, right? And the research, which is mostly qualitative interviews with older adults, which actually spans numerous countries like the United States, the UK, Israel, supports the idea that as people age, it's not the sexual scripts around gender roles that impact sexuality. It's the sexual scripts around aging and the stigma that you cannot be older and sexual at the same time. So that's interesting. So it's – yeah, I think that's actually a really important to just important point to just reiterate that it's not gender expectations or sex expectations specifically. It's actually your age makes you feel like you're not supposed to be doing certain right. sexual things. Right. That's, so that's the first myth. The second is the myth of the sexy oldie. So if you're sexy and you're older, you're seen as exceptional. Which we sort of talked about on that cougar episode where it's like, you know, you have to be beautiful and breathtaking and, yeah, again, exceptional in order to be that attractive older woman. Right. So so if you're going to be sexy and erotic and, and embrace all of that as you get older, you better be – attractive. You better look younger. You better act younger. You better younger. be George Clooney or else. Right. <laughs> and and once again, there's a, there's a media representation that shows that consistently. Um, my, my media reference would always be Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Um, we saw them as young adults. And now that they're older, they have this great sexual attraction. They have this great energy. Goldie Hawn always talks about how Kurt Russell is still the hottest guy she knows. But they're gorgeous. And they're right. celebrities and they're the beautiful people and they, they get to be sexual. Right. Yeah. So beautiful celebrities are allowed to be sexy, but the rest of us are SOL. 
Well, and as as the research tells us again, the when in, when we when interviewed older adults, men and women, they will say, "We're supposed to shut down our sexuality as we get older, unless we're still young looking and fit, and therefore we quote unquote deserve to be sexual." Hmm. Um, and this is something that really does hold older people back in terms of feeling whether or not it's proper and it's right to still express sexuality. So on the other hand, and we're going to get to the positive side, um, some of this research also reflects that some older adults see it as freeing um, in that the expectations become less important Hmm. and they kind of see themselves as a little bit of a sexual rebel. (laughs) (laughs) So the things they used to yuck, they start to yum. (laughs) <laughs> and exactly. And we, as we like to say, don't yuck someone else's yum. Um, and that leads me to the third myth or assumption that sexual activity as one gets older becomes boring and routine. And in fact, research shows us that in many cases, what actually takes place is the exact opposite. What do you mean the opposite? Well, um, many women and some men, although, as we've said before, there's much more research done with um, studying older women. Because once again, women are more willing to talk about everything because women love talking. We (laughs) love to talk. Look at us. Listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they report, though, that sexual activity becomes more creative and more satisfying as they've gotten older. Mm. And there are three main reasons offered for this. Would you like to take a guess at one? Well, right off the bat, being more creative and more satisfying says to me that the usual behaviors that (coughs) orgasm gap um, are maybe less reliable and there's other ways that the sexuality is being explored. Mm -hmm. Bingo. So you've been listening to this podcast. (laughs) I've been listening at least three times a week. But but in truth, what what, what many older adults report is that as men age – and getting hard, staying hard, and all that's harder. <laughs> that physical performance is less, let's say, less automatic. Sure. Okay. Then more sexual behaviors beyond intercourse are more explored within a partnered relationship. Mm-hmm. So for women as well as men, so we're we're gonna be very inclusive here. And and as you know, the research doesn't really go to, you know non-binary folk. But as usual, we're referring to research. We're not intentionally leaving anyone out. It's just that, unfortunately, the research has mostly referred to cis men and women up until this point. But what we're talking about is when our physicality is less automatic, Mm -hmm. we end up paying more attention, um, maybe getting more loop, doing different things to get things going because getting things going is not, you know, a snap of the fingers anymore. And it extends it extends sexual activity beyond that seven minutes we talked about. <laughs> well, and it, and it moves it from pure sex and sexuality to, I would imagine, more intimacy. And that's and that's what's reported when when older men and women are interviewed. Exactly, they talk about more intimacy because there's more more kissing, more touching, more cuddling, more caressing. And you know what? More oral sex and more mutual masturbation. And honestly, more playtime as you get older because it can become more playful because you have to explore different different ways 
of feeling pleasure in your body. Right. And as we often say, because we always use either sports or food metaphors, <laughs> when you add all different kinds of spice, it becomes a lot more satisfying. It does. <laughs> it's not just your meat and potatoes anymore. You know, you've got this beautiful, this beautiful port wine gravy with some shallots. <laughs> it's nine o'clock in the morning. And why am I suddenly so hungry? I don't know. I know. But the, but the end result is that sexual relationships and relationships themselves um, become more satisfying. And higher quality. And higher quality. And this is where both men and women may say more quality sexual experiences and sexual activity, even if there's less quantity. Mm. Um, because in this situation, less can be more because of more time, more intimacy, more paying attention to your partner's Imagine. needs, and uh, more exploration. So can you think of another reason? Uh, older people don't care as much about their body and their body image, or at least they've gotten used to their body and are more comfortable with their body and body image. Um, a combination of those two things, Shannon, because it's we're such a youth-centered culture mm -hmm. that when you're at a certain age, you want to be, you know, taking your selfies and being on Instagram and making sure you're wearing the right trends and the right makeup and the, you know, just looking and presenting a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, but especially for women in particular, as they get older, that competition becomes less. That need to be the ideal and meet all of those ideals becomes less of a driving force. And as a result, the body becomes less of a distraction. Remember we talked mm. about, when we talked about the dual control model, we talk about how distraction and our brakes, our brakes are the accelerators. Right? right. And the brakes stop our sexual arousal and the brakes stop our sexual desire. And when you be more, become more comfortable in your body, and your body issue becomes less of a thing, that's a huge break that is taken away from your ability to be sexually aroused and, you know, sexually excited and to experience sexual desire. Um, what happens is that sexiness becomes about confidence in your own skin and less about the clothes you're wearing and the hair and honestly, you start caring a little less about, about the little lumps and bumps and wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know, there's less of that need to be perfect. Must be nice. So, and then there's a, there's a third thing that they talk about as a reason that sexuality can be better as we age. Um, Want to take a guess? Is it a, you know, running out of fucks to give? <laughs> Although, I mean, not exactly <laughs> true because based on what you're saying, there's plenty of fucks to give. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and the, yeah, because around sexuality and aging is a stigma. But as we get older in life, as generally, the research shows, even outside of sexuality, um, we start feeling more comfortable in our own in our own minds, in our own identity, who we are in the world, and we care less about peer pressure. We care less about what our neighbors think. We care less about what our family thinks. We want to live our best life. We learn about self-care. We learn about taking time to do the things we love. Mm -hmm. And in the sexuality realm, we get to the point where if you're not carrying that baggage, right? sexy time can be a lot less serious and there's a lot less expectations around it. And that aspect of um, realizing as we get older 
hate to say it, but (laughs) there's only so much time we have left on this earth. (laughs) And there's only one chance. We only have so many chances. Do you want to spend that time left sleeping alone? No, you don't. Sleeping alone, or or as you said in one episode, starfish. Starfish. Who wants to be a starfish for those? I'll starfish when I'm dead. (laughs) Quote me on it. That's right. (laughs) And, you know, the term being is... Suck the marrow out of life. Let's let's do all the things while we still can do I must have all the things. That one in the Karma Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to say I want to be the girl with the most cake. You know, <laughs> Rihanna said that too. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but you know, sucking the marrow marrow out of life, Shannon, comes from Thoreau. Come Thoreau. on, I studied English. I know the reference. All right, say it. <laughs> say say the reference so that people know that this is still academic. <laughs> <laughs> it's from uh, you know. Uh, Walden Pond, and went going to the woods to live his life deliberately, living deeply and sucking out the marrow of life. That's a loose uh, translation, but uh, the idea being living deliberately. And really, and it is living deliberately back to being mindful and also giving ourselves permission to to just grab it all and take it all. And if and that includes our sexuality, you know, not just, you know, the self-care of mindfulness, which is great, and the self-care of being in nature, which is great, and the self-care of being fit and eating right, which is all great, but also the marrow of our erotic energy because our erotic energy is a driving force that can only make our lives better. So much sexual wisdom. I know. <laughs> I also, I was looking at, because you sent me the manuscript that you're working on, um, but this reminds which me. Which just got published, by the way. Woohoo, Mazel tov. Happy Woo-hoo. birthday. You did it. Um <laughs> One of the terms that you use that I think would be useful to bring up here is the term affirmative aging. Um, What is meant by that in your research? Well, um, this is kind of a term that um, is kind of extending some concepts by other researchers, which I've kind of embraced to say that – well, let's take it a step back. So in the 60s and 70s, we're all aware of the sexual revolution. Um, Basically kind of around birth control um, where we were able to – Birth control for women because now there's birth control for men, but they just won't take it. Well, they're not that reliable, face it. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) the point was is that birth control allowed both men and women to think of sex as something beyond reproduction, beyond having babies. And it freed sexuality from kind of that shackles of having to be be scary. Well, I mean, if you like shackles, that's fine. (laughs) That's the kink episode. (laughs) Don't yuck someone else's yum. (laughs) But it did give a freedom to explore sexuality. Um, but sadly, that whole free love of the baby boomers and the and the flower children didn't really carry over to older adults, as we see in the research interviewing older adults. Well, and it still felt like a very youth-centered thing. Very much so. So, so in my commentary that just got published and here on the podcast, I make a case for a sexual revolution based on the concept that aging is life-affirming experience. I mean, clearly, because you're still alive. But, <laughs> but, but Hey, good work. But more than that is to see aging as something that's positive, that you're accumulating all of this wisdom and this knowledge from your life experience. And that includes 
celebrating sexuality and creativity and all of the things you've learned about yourself as you've aged. It's, it's a positive affirmation that aging is a really great thing. And to get away from this youth-centered idea that sexuality is just for the young. So as we say, um, embracing the wisdom that comes from experience AKA <laughs> giving fewer fucks. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, embracing that sexual experience gives us the opportunity to be more attentive, more creative, and to learn about our bodies and our needs and our wants and our desires. And all of those things are affirmatively like, yes, they're all good things. Like, let's not be afraid of getting older and let's not denigrate getting older. Let's celebrate getting older and all that can mean for us in our in our fullest lives, including our sexual lives. Here, here. As a fun side note, um, in French, or at least in old French poetry, an orgasm was called le petit mort, which means little death. Little death. <laughs> little death. <laughs> so it's about life, but it's about your little deaths too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what to do with that. Say like, viva la French. <laughs> yeah. C'est la vie. It's all, all good. Right. So the myth today. More like the, old, the New Orleans saying, right? Le bon temps roule, right? Let the good times roll. Le bon temps roule. <laughs> That's what this today's myth is. Let the good, Let times, the good roll. times roll at and any age. <laughs> and enjoy your little deaths. That's yes, there it is. Um, so the myth was that sex is just for the young. Sex is not just for the young. Um, it can be and is enjoyable for people of all ages, of all sexualities, of all relational dynamics. And in many cases, like a fine wine, only gets better as you get older. <laughs> or a well seasoned. Uh, Appetizer and <laughs> entree. <laughs> Why are we always so hungry to record this I episode? Know. I like to say maybe it's like a dulce la leche. You know, it's all that sweet and deliciousness. <laughs> but anyway, that's another myth. Put to bed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, keep listening weekly. We put out new episodes every Wednesday. And hey, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Shoot us a comment or a message. If there's anything else you want to hear us debunk, we're always interested to hear your myths. And I promise we will debunk the myths around men and sexuality and women and sexuality. We're going to talk about menopause. We're going to talk about ED. We're going to touch it all. It's going to be great. <laughs> it will be. It will be. And and you know what? This is a kind of area that we really would love your commentary. Um, so we can hit on the things that you're concerned about. And um, and I'll bring you that research. So. Bye for now, and everybody have have a great spring. Woohoo! I think it's here. <laughs> it's it's here. We keep being told it's here. All right, bye all. Take it easy. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of Sex Ed Debunked. During the course of our podcast, we have limited time together, which means that unfortunately, many identities, groups, and movements may not be represented each week. The field of sexuality and gender orientations, identities, and behaviors are changing and growing rapidly, and we remain committed to being as inclusive as possible. Please remember that all of us, including us, are learning in this area and may occasionally slip up. We ask that we all continue to be kind to one another so that we can create a truly inclusive and accepting environment. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at Sex Ed Debunked on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Sex Ed Debunked is produced by Trailblaze Media along with myself, Shannon Curley, and Christine Curley. From Trailblaze Media, our engineering is handled by Ezra Winters. Mm-hmm.